Welcome back to the Joy of Aquatics. My name is Joy Simons and today we are continuing the conversation regarding benchmarking. Last episode, we spoke with Nina Nitre regarding the studies that she's been doing surrounding Australian benchmarking and assessments and the problems that she's been having. This week, I thought it was important that we try and catch up with Royal Life Saving Society Australia straight from the horse's mouth. Here's what happened when I caught up with them. With me today is Penny Larson from Royal Life Saving Society Australia. Now, Penny is the National Manager of Education. Is that right, Penny? That's correct. Awesome. Fantastic. Thank you for joining me today. I'm so excited to speak to you. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. Now, Penny, you have just released or about to release a new curriculum um, for Royal Life Savings. So tell us about that. What's going on? All right. Well, I think I'll start with just a little bit of history just to give a bit of context around um, this. Um, back in uh, 1999, Royal Life Saving uh, developed the National Swimming and Water Safety Framework. Um, this was a document that was endorsed by the Australian Water Safety Council um, and within their um, strategies that they put out every few years, um, it specifically prescribed that Level 4 of the framework was the national benchmark for children leaving primary school. Yeah. Um, Royal Life Saving has been doing quite a lot of research over the past few years and research was showing that children were leaving primary school with not being able to achieve the benchmark as well as that, that there's a lack of substantial water safety skills being taught within swimming and water safety programs. Um, so what Royal Life Saving did was they held a um, National Swimming and Water Safety Symposium in 2017 and we had representatives from government, the aquatic industry, departments of education and academia at that particular symposium. Um, one of the action statements that derived from the symposium was to review and revise the National Swimming and Water Safety Framework. Um, so that's really what this curriculum is. It's called the National Swimming and Water Safety Framework and the new framework is like a collaborative document to be used by government, industry, education, parents and the community. So it's not a document that's just Royal Life Saving. It's a industry-wide document. Um, and the framework will support a structured and consistent understanding of swimming and water safety education across Australia. Okay. Um, um, yeah, I can give you some more information about the framework, just a little bit more detail, um, yeah. if you like. Um, one of the aims or the key aim of the framework is to allow or enable individuals to develop the skills and their knowledge and understanding, attitudes and behaviours that are really required to lead a safe and active life in and on and around water um, and at a range of aquatic environments. Um, and the framework itself consists of three different stages. So there's a fundamental stage, an acquisition stage and an application stage. And it's really to encourage that participation from the early years throughout primary and secondary school and then beyond as a lifelong activity. Awesome. 
that is that uh, that uh, uh, yeah I guess I'm lost for words because <laughs> it's so great um, so I have a question is this adopted by primary schools throughout Australia a lot of primary schools um, have adopted it and one of the the key reasons is um, well, one of the, the key things is that the ATO's ruling on the GST and personal aquatic survival skills um, actually state within that document that um, programs need to be consistent with the National Swimming and Water Safety Framework. Um, so it is recognised, and I know that a number of Department of Educations um, have stipulated it within um, their own policies as well. Okay, fantastic. So not... Not all the schools are using it, but many of the schools across Australia are actually using this framework. Yeah, so the framework has existed, as I said, since 1999. It's yeah. just had its first and biggest, basically, review, and we've broadened it um, to uh, be a wider document um, so that, basically, the industry can use it, the government can use it, um, parents can use it to see where their children are at, um, and obviously uh, the industry. Um, it's a really important document for the industry. Yeah, it definitely is. So how does this work in with Swim and Survive or Love to Swim? Yeah, sure. So um, if you're delivering the Swim and Survive program, um, we like to consider that basically you're a step of ahead. And there's three key reasons for that. Um, Swim and Survive basically provides the best and easiest way for children to achieve the outcomes of the framework. Um, the other component is that the research that has been conducted around the Swim and Survive program, as well as the, the actual program's history, it's been around for a long time, it has been used to help um, inform the development of the framework. It's not the only document that or, or program that has, but it has been used to inform um, the development of the framework. And the other key point that I had mentioned before is that the Swim and Survive program meets that ATO's ruling on GST and personal aquatic survival skills, um, including that it is consistent with the National Swimming and Water Safety Framework. Um, okay, so the Swim and Survive good. program will align to um, the framework in a number of different ways. Um, and so realistically, if you're delivering that program, you're, you are a step ahead of perhaps other um, programs that will need to look at their programs and review it and see how they can align their program to the framework. Yeah, yeah. Because I guess a lot of people teach skills in different orders or they teach strokes in different um, different orders and skills sometimes come in, in different ways. But as long as they can align the levels that they teach to um, the new framework and can map it across, then it should make sense. That's correct. And I mean, there's flexibility uh, and it's not a um, it's not a document or, or to sort of say or a program as such to say, you know, at this level, uh, this, this and this and this. Um, as long as you are meeting the outcomes um, where you put some of those skills within your own program, it doesn't uh, particularly matter. Um, the ultimate thing is that there are three national benchmarks to be achieved. The first is by the age of six years, the second by the age of 12 years, and the last by the age of 17 years. So these are, are benchmarks that all swim schools should be 
leading their program to achieve those outcomes um, so that we ensure that people are getting the essential skills um, and the, the knowledge and understanding and those attitudes and behaviours that are required to keep safe around water. And I, I love that. I love that there's attitudes and behaviours associated with this. Yeah, that was the, one of the key parts, I suppose, of feedback that we received and we knew that we needed to somehow incorporate that because it's, it, it, it's something that's forgotten. Um, we, we know that swimming programs do a little bit of, um, you know, that they, well, they do a lot of the skills section, but maybe not so much of focus on some of the water safety components. They do a little bit of knowledge, but it's very unclear from the programs that we've looked at um, in our research to what that means. What does water safety, they just have this thing that says water safety knowledge and we don't know what does that mean when you tick that off on the certificate. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the things that we did in our swim school when we had it open was we actually had a, or I certainly had a set list of questions um, that I made sure the kids could answer. So they had to answer certain questions about um, PFDs and swimming at the beach and um, even down to CPR and rescue stuff. So they had to be able to verbally answer skills before I would say, yes, you're competent. So, yeah. Yeah, and that's excellent. And one of the things that we have found is that, the, uh, I suppose one of the issues is that there's not a consistent um, so you might have a list of questions over here that you think is sort of suitable and this swim school over here has a bit of a list of knowledge that they think might be suitable. Yeah. Um, and it's not that you can't add, obviously, um, and particularly because some things might be quite specific for your particular area, but um, it's just giving a bit of a guide to the types of questions and the type of in information that that child at that particular age should sort of acquire yeah. Um, and not um, giving too much information, um, say, to the five-year-old or the six-year-old that um, there's some key messages there that they may need to be able to take away yeah, um, for sure. from that component. Yeah. Um, so, and the other thing I think with, with knowledge and understanding is the knowledge and understanding that actually underpins the skills. So what we feel is happening from and what we've heard is that the skills are being taught but without the knowledge and understanding that underpins that so for example an, an entry the information about when you would use that entry why would you use it how would you use it how do you assess the environment to work out is that the right type of entry for me to use and how do I get out if I get in yeah. so it's that knowledge and understanding that underpins the skills that we feel is lacking and we also feel that that perhaps is lacking in some of the teachers knowledge of that oh I would agree definitely and especially but, those new teachers um, whether they're young or just new to the industry a lot of the new teachers I have found struggle with um, having that knowledge behind each of the skills yeah, and that, that's vital. That's vital for actually kids to be able to apply the skills in another environment. Yes, um, so and, important. And to do it safely. And that, that, that's one of the issues, I suppose, that we're in the industry that we're teaching in a lot, most um, predominantly in a nice purpose-built facility. 
Um, and what we need to do is give these kids the skills, that knowledge and understanding to know when you go swimming at the beach or the river or the lake or the dam, um, you know how to apply what you've learnt in your purpose-built facility in a different aquatic environment. Yeah, definitely. Definitely important stuff. Thank you. So, Penny, what plans do Royal have uh, for this new framework? What's, what's yeah. the plan? It's, is it okay, out so just now? Is it out um, it's not. Uh, it's not um, wildly, wildly out at the moment okay. um, and uh, will be very, very shortly. Um, the framework is really intended to be used by government, the education sector, swim schools, swimming and water safety teachers, parents and individuals. Um, and to guide those that are developing and providing or selecting a program. That, that's, I suppose, the intention. And one of those key goals, as I've mentioned before, for the framework is to increase the water safety elements that have been taught in swim schools, yeah. including the range and also the standard that's been taught. And what we want to do is to encourage the industry to use the framework whether it's to be uh, through the initial training to become a swimming and water safety teacher so that those new teachers that are coming through their training, they're aware of the framework, they know what it's about, they, it's part of their training program, or also to be used as a guide to develop their quality program. So if it's a school or a new swim school setting up, they look at the framework and use that as a guide to develop their program. Yeah, we want the framework to be used as um, for ongoing participation. That it's it's to encourage people to not stop at ten years of age or or so. I've got to a particular level. We should stop now, but to continue on, particularly through those secondary school years, which is where it is really important for them to continue those skills up and to also. Uh, I suppose the ultimate line is to ensure that every person in Australia has an opportunity to learn the essential skills um, that we we know uh, are really important. Yeah, awesome. So are there any teacher tools available? Um, the actual framework document is reasonably explicit in that it provides explanations for each of the development milestones. So within each of the stages that I mentioned before, there is a set of development milestones um, to um, each learning strand and so the actual document provides explanation to guide teachers on the skills and, and the knowledge and understanding the behaviours and attitudes that should be taught to achieve that milestone so there's some guidelines to say you know if it says to enter um, the water in a, like a sh basically in the shallow water these are the types of skills that you'll need to be able to teach for them to be able to do that to achieve that milestone. Okay. Um, and then for facilities that are conducting the Swim and Survive program, there'll be additional resources um, that we have uh, developed, which will include like marketing assets, promotional resources, and mapping documents to help promote that the Swim and Survive program is really one of the easiest ways to align to the framework and achieve or exceed the national benchmarks. All right. So there's no... Um tick and flick sheets for for teachers or anything like that that comes with it? Um, there will be those sorts of things for Swim and Survive and we, we, 
Yeah, we sort of we we sort of have decided at this point how far do we go. Yeah. Um, we sort of felt like we should probably release it, get people to get their heads around what it means, um, and then perhaps add some additional resources at a later stage. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I think you know if we provide too many things, um, it gets a little bit. People get lost. Um, yeah, and I think so. We sort of we we went we went from well, we're going to do all of this to we're going to do this. I mean, obviously, we will as a royal life saving, we will support our Swim and Survive program. Yeah. Um, in aligning to the framework and providing resources that help those that are delivering that, and other um, organisations that have programs or you know. Um, facility management groups, they may develop their own thing that would align, like support their program to align to the framework. Um, and so there'll be lots of different things I, I would imagine that might get developed um, through through different organisations because yeah. it is an industry document. Yeah. I know when I saw your conference presentation um, about the new framework, I was, I, I think you handed us um, a sheet of paper with a, um, I guess it was just the bare bone structure of the framework. And I thought this would be phenomenal if a student is going to leave my swim school and come to another one, I can say, well, you know, I, I can put a mark in the boxes where I think that they are and with the skills that they have. So then assessing a student should be a little bit easier when they get to a new swim school. So, Absolutely, yeah. and and if if um uh, you know down the track and they know okay uh, uh, that they've achieved you know the um first benchmark or something like that, it gives a bit of a guide to go okay this is this is where where they're at they've done all of this yeah um and so we need to move on that and the one thing about the framework that I will say that it is um it is flexible um it is you'll see when when I mean, you saw a little example of it that basically it is in a table, but it's not meant to be linear in the progression through that. So um, in particular strands, they may be further along on in one strand and um, another strand, they actually will be a little bit at the lower level and they may need to, and that helps the teacher also to go, well, I need to, my, my class here is really struggling with this. I need to focus on that to bring that up to a lower level. And then, of course, others that are exceeding can continue on. It shouldn't be like a, oh, well, sorry, you've you've just got to stop here. It should be continuing on and and developing those skills Um, so they exceed those benchmarks. Yeah. Oh, that's that's fantastic. Excellent. Um, All right. Well, where can, I guess, where can everyone get a copy? Um, well, once the, the actual framework has been formally released, it will be available on the Royal Life Saving website um, and possibly elsewhere. We will be developing, putting together a bit of a page that has a lot of the information. Um, the launch date hasn't been confirmed um, before the, the, the summer break, um, but it's likely to be late February. Okay. And I think that the best way to keep informed is via the Royal Life Saving Facebook page or Twitter. Um, because go. we'll certainly be um, promoting that through that channel and um, providing links to where to download that information. 
Yeah, fantastic. So if you're a Facebook user, get out there on Facebook and, and just keep following what's going on with Royal Life Saving. Or if you're a Twitter user, keep following Royal. Yeah, Life-saving. and if you're not that, jump on the Royal Life Saving website um, and uh, you'll be able to find it on there. There'll be a media release for sure that would direct you again um, to the to the particular page. And um, I'm not sure if we're going to have a formal launch or whether it's a bit more of a soft launch. Um, and we will promote it through um, other industry organisations like Oswim and Swim Australia and uh, those sorts of things. So we will be promoting as much as possible across the industry. Yeah. And I'll when I see it launched, everyone, I will certainly share that on Facebook because Facebook I kind of know. Twitter I'm not that great with yet. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Me do, you, too. do you tweet much, Penny? No, I don't tweet at all. <laughs> I'm a little bit old school. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I've struggled to get into um, to, to Twitter. To me, um, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> um, totally different topic there, isn't it? <laughs> but no, Penny, thank you so much for talking me today about this new framework. Um, oh, it's been a pleasure, and I appreciate you inviting me um to to do the podcast and um i really just think it like aside from um my work with raw life saving i just think it's a fantastic um document that should guide and lead um the industry to become better yes i'm really looking forward to to seeing the full document and getting my hands on it and feeling it and just being able to help teachers um school teachers and and local swimming teachers understand it and find the knowledge um that they need to match all those skills mm. yeah i mean at the end of the day what we all want is for kids and adults to have the essential water safety and survival and rescue skills to keep yeah. themselves safe around water yeah it's it's totally not about not going in it's about knowing how to keep yourself safe in and around water so you can go and have fun yeah so yeah fantastic well penny thank you once once again thank you so much for coming at well for for talking to me no problems at all joy all right now once i got off the phone from penny she actually described to me the process that royal life saving have undertaken to come up with this new framework and and improve on the existing one now this process started back in 2017 with a symposium they created a reference group from there they had three sets of questions go out to the reference group um, to try and get the scope of the framework of the new framework They've had multiple draft sketches between um, 2017 and 2018 when they had a second symposium. Now they got more feedback from that one. They've reshuffled the framework. They've added bits and pieces and taken things away. There's been lots of debates throughout their office as well as communicating with people like um, Oswim, Swim Australia and other stakeholders Um, So this document, they wanted to make sure that this was a 
a document that the industry could truly use. It needs to be a working document that works for all the industry groups. It's not just something that they've created that will sit in their office or on their website and say that's it. Um, they wanted to make sure that this was definitely usable within our industry. And by the looks of what I saw back in September, to me, I think that's what we're going to get. I think the really big question for our industry is what are we going to do with it? Now, I will post links when, it, when they become available to let people know that the framework is out. Um, but it, this should be amazing for Aussie swim schools and school teachers to increase the amount of water safety that we are teaching in Australia. Now, like I said, from the brief review that I, that I have seen, um, I think this would be a fantastic thing for school teachers or swimming teachers and their owners to actually sit down and compare and map out what you're currently doing with this framework. And the big things that I would really be taking a look at is what else can I add to my program? Where are the gaps? What do we already have that is so awesome? And let's make sure we keep that. And how and when can we use this document to our advantage? So uh, what I wanted to do with it when I saw it was create a poster for parents so that I could visually show them where their students were and show them exactly what their students still need to work on. Because when parents are just dropping out or pulling their kids out too soon, to me, that's not acceptable. And I, it always made me feel uncomfortable if I knew these students still had a lot more to learn. I think if we were able to couple this framework with Nina Nitre's Ray document, which really helps us assess how competent the students are. Are they working towards it? Are they requiring support? Um, is there still, you know, some of that fine tuning still required? This, those two documents together truly have the ability to change how we benchmark and assess students in Australia. So big question out to all the teachers and all the swim school owners and anyone using these documents is what are you going to do with it? Because if you don't do anything with it, it's a waste of time. It's really up to us now to make sure that that these documents go to great use. So now I am truly excited to keep sharing news and updates from our industry with teachers. But if you have anything anything at all that you would love to discuss in the future, please reach out. You can find me on Facebook or LinkedIn. Um, future episodes, what are we going to be covering? We've got school swimming coming up soon. So we're going to have a, an episode on that. I've been speaking to people um, in regards to autism and parents. How do, we, how do we help parents and how do we stop parents from being cranky? So all of that is coming up in the future. So stay tuned. Until next time, happy swimming. <laughs>